So as many of you know, Steve and I are avid bicyclists. And by that, I mean that Steve is an avid bicyclist. And I go along so that he doesn't meet some young, blonde, beautiful 21-year-old when he goes. Now, on occasion, Steve does do some of these organized rides by himself when I can't go. And without fault, I will tell him, now, don't meet some beautiful, blonde 21-year-old when you're out there riding. And Steve's response is always, I'm not that motivated. On many occasions and in a variety of different ways, Steve has this phrase that he will use, I'm not that motivated. One evening recently, we were watching a rerun of Barney Miller. Y'all know Barney Miller? You remember Barney Miller? And it was a scene in the squad room, and there was a woman sitting at, um, ya, ya, what is his last name? Yamana, thank you. I could think Nick, Nick Yamana, Yamana's desk at Nick's desk. She was sitting by Nick's desk and she was smoking a cigarette. And over near um, Wojohowicz's desk, halfway across the room, there was a trash bin that had caught on fire. Just there was a fire over there. And the detectives turned to this woman and said, well, did you start that fire? And she said, yeah, you think I'm over here smoking, flicking my ashes that far away? I'm not that motivated. And Steve proclaimed, that's it. That's where he got that phrase from. And for all these years, I had no idea he was quoting a TV show when he says, I'm not that motivated. But Steve will say that. He says he's never going to leave me because he's not that motivated. I, he's just not that motivated. Our scripture this morning is about a human condition. We can hear the teachings of Jesus. We can hear Jesus saying, love your enemies and, and offer forgiveness. We can hear Jesus say, blessed are the meek, be meek, be humble, be peacemakers and the like. We can hear Jesus tell us what the kingdom is like, but then we balk at doing them. We can hear Jesus' words, and then we don't do them. Doing as Jesus teaches takes time and effort Sometimes it involves sacrifice. We've got to learn some new skill or I got to talk to a stranger. We can be hearers and not doers because we're just not that motivated. We're not motivated to do what Jesus is asking us to do. In the scripture that Lisa read, we have the story of a wise man and a foolish man. We need to recognize that both men have some things in common. They both build a house, and they have both heard Jesus' words. When the storms start raging, start coming around them, is when the houses are tested. Now, when it's sunny and bright outside, the houses are doing fine. But when those storms come, when the rains come, and the wind blows, and the floods come, the foolish man's house, which was built on sand, is blown away. The wise man's house that was built on rock is the one that can withstand the storms. Both men have storms. All of us have storms in our life. That's something that we have in common. These two men, they have heard Jesus' words. Both the wise and the foolish heard what Jesus had to say. This passage falls at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. So when Jesus says, those who hear these words of mine... That's including the words from the Sermon of the Mount. These men would have heard the Beatitudes, store up treasures for yourselves in heaven, don't worry, 
give, be generous, forgive your enemies. One listened and did it. The other listened. First, we have to hear the words of Jesus. I thought about that this week, but first we've got to hear these words. And I started thinking, how powerful would it be if each member of this faith community read together the same words? If as a family over a meal, you sat down and read scripture together. If, if, if we know that the adults and the teenagers and the children are all reading the same scripture together. If we go to our quiet, sacred spots, our alone spots, and as we're reading these scriptures, we know all of my faith family is going to be reading these same words this week. So I came up with a plan. I challenge all of us, including myself, that between now and Easter, we're going to read the Gospel of Matthew together. That's two months. That's two months. That's like two or three chapters a week. So I'm not asking for much, two or three chapters a week. You will notice in your bulletin on the back that I have listed there to read chapters, Matthew chapters 1 and 2 this week. Each week in your bulletin, I'm going to tell you what chapters to read. So when you open that up and you're reading, you know others are going to be reading it with you. And the reason I've chosen the Gospel of Matthew is this, is because it's the source for all of the sermons between now and Easter. So we're going to be in there together reading all of these together and keep... Just think about the power that can happen here in this space if all of us are reading those, those words together throughout these coming weeks. And here's, here is, here's the trick. So tell, tell the boys, tell the boys this. If you come to me on Easter Sunday and you say to me, Katie, I've read the entire Gospel of Matthew over the last two months, I'm going to take you to get some ice cream. That's the, that's the motivation. That's the motivation, okay? Got it? Got it? That's what we're going to do together. We're going to read these words together. We're going to hear them. We're going to hear them together. We have to know Jesus' words for us to be doers of Jesus' words. First, we have to hear. First, we have to read. Then, we do. Disciples are learners. Disciples are followers. And disciples are people of action. It's not enough to have the instructions. We have to do what the instructions say. There's a neighbor of ours just a few houses down from us that recently as Steve and I were out walking the neighborhood we noticed that all of the brick on the house had been removed. We're like, why would you do that? Why would you remove all of the brick from your house? Well, the story is that one of these hailstorms that came through actually pitted their brick enough that the insurance was going to pay to replace the brick. But when they removed the brick from the house, they found underneath the brick that the builder had not done what you're supposed to do when you put up brick. Instead of that, I think it's called Vertec, that, that stuff you put over the plywood that's supposed to help with the water. They didn't do that. They put landscaping plastic on this house. And so with all of the rain, every rainstorm for 17 years, they have had water come down inside behind the brick, and it has rotted the bottom of the studs around the house. So not only did they have to put up more of whatever this vertex stuff is that you put on the outside. What? Spidex. 
Tyvek, thank you, Tyvek. Thank you, Bryn. Thank you, Bryn. Tyvek, around the outside. They had to go in and for every stud, they had to cut out the rotted part and then get more at the bottom of the studs. And so the found, I mean, you can just imagine the wreck. There's more to the story than that, but that's enough of the story for you to get the idea. That builder undoubtedly knew what the right thing to do was, undoubtedly knew it, but chose not to do it. He wasn't that much. Very good, the builder was not that motivated. The builder was not that motivated. Whoever it was was not that motivated. They had the instructions. They knew the good and right thing to do, but they didn't do it. More money in his pocket, probably, probably. Do what? Tyvek went in the truck and went somewhere else. Didn't mend up on that wall. It's a beautiful, it, it looks beautiful now, but I can just imagine that discovery, that discovery. We need to know Jesus' word so we know what to do. First we hear, first we read, and then we do. Disciples are learners, disciples are followers, disciples are people of action. It's not enough to have the instructions in front of us. We have to do them. In our story that, that Lisa read, the wise and the foolish men both heard the same words, but one had the foundation of rock, a bedrock foundation, a secure, certain, firm foundation, a strong foundation. When we listen to Jesus' words and do Jesus' words, we are building a strong foundation of the faith. Our spiritual lives are building that strong foundation. When we have a strong foundation in our spiritual lives, then we have a foundation we can lean on when the storms come. Remember, both men had storms. All of us face storms in our lives. The strength of that foundation is what we can lean on. I have shared this story before. Many of you have heard it, but it's too apropos. I've just got to tell it again. In 2015, I had a health crisis that landed me in the hospital for two nights. And then I was away from work for months, months of rest and recovery before I could come back to this church. That first night in the hospital, I prayed. And many times when I pray, I envision Jesus is with me. I picture Jesus is with me. Whenever I picture Jesus, he's wearing blue. I don't know why, but Jesus shows up with blue, and he stood right next to my hospital bed, and I prayed that night. And then I didn't pray again for five to six weeks. There were no words. I just could not pray. I could not pray. Words were not going to come. During that time, I went to dinner with a friend of mine. We actually went over here to uh, Pizza Getty, actually, for dinner that night. And we were talking about how I was feeling about all of this. And I said, you know, I'm not blaming God for this. God did not give me a brain hemorrhage. This is not God's fault. I'm not angry with God. God and I are fine, but I'm not praying. And she said, well, isn't that a, a faith crisis? Aren't you having a faith crisis because you're not praying? But for me, it never felt like a faith crisis. I didn't know what was going on, but I didn't feel like I was having a faith crisis. Several months later, I was finally able to put into words what I was in, what that season of was for me. And I describe it in two ways. When you're sitting in your favorite recliner, and you got your arms on the arm, arm rest and, and your feet are up, and you just feel completely 
supported. Every muscle can relax because you're completely supported and you have that feeling of being carried. That was the feeling that I had was that being carried. I also say it this way. You've got those two or three friends from your childhood that maybe you don't talk to very often and, and you rarely see, but you know without question if your name comes up on their caller ID, they're going to drop whatever they're doing to take your phone call. That was the other way that I felt. It's not that I was not in prayer. It's that I was in a season of prayer where words were no longer necessary. There weren't any words anyway. And I felt completely supported and lifted up in God's hands. And I felt completely secure that God hadn't gone anywhere. We were still right there with each other. I was resting on a foundation of faith that had been built for decades. All of my faith story and my spiritual life that led me to this moment, I was held and supported and carried in a time where words just were not necessary. But it was because of that secure, certain, firm foundation that can fill us with an assurance that God's got us in God's hands. That full and, sure, full and certain assurance, God's not going anywhere. God's right here. God never left. I may have wandered off, but God never left. Is right there holding me. When we hear Jesus' words and we do Jesus' words, we are building that firm foundation that will support us, that we can lean on, that will hold us up when the storms start raging around us. That's what builds that foundation. For us to do the words of Jesus, we have to hear the words of Jesus. First we hear, first we read, then we do. Disciples are learners, disciples are followers, disciples are people of action. It's not enough to have the instructions in front of us, we have to do them. But then when we do what Jesus says, when we read what Jesus says, and we do what Jesus says, it builds that foundation, that secure, certain, firm, strong foundation that we can lean on when the storms of life rage around us. One commentator said this, being a Christian is a deliberate choice and ought to shape what we do in the world. We serve others because we are grateful to God who loves, cares for, and watches over us. We've had this polar vortex in the news recently. I cannot imagine being in that cold of a weather as they've been having in the Midwest and in the Northeast. I can't imagine being that cold in my house. I can't imagine being that cold in my car. I can't imagine my feet being that cold. But what I cannot even process or fathom is living in that cold and not having a home, being homeless in that environment. There was one night in Chicago, the wind chill was gonna be negative 50 degrees. I don't, even, I don't even wanna know what that feels like. I can't even picture it. It's cold, beyond cold. And in one of the tent cities that the homeless had constructed, there was a fire that night. One of the propane tanks got too close to a space heater and everything caught on fire. There were 70 individuals that had no place to go that night. An anonymous Good Samaritan called a hotel and said, I'm gonna pay for 70 rooms 
so that each one of these people can be warm and safe and secure. I would have liked to have been that hotel desk clerk that took that phone call and said, really? That good Samaritan did not see 70 homeless. That good Samaritan saw 70 people of worth. In my language, that good Samaritan saw 70 people whom God loves just as much as him or her. That person saw 70 people who are beloved children of God. That person saw 70 people of value. 70 people worth a warm bed. We hear Jesus' words and we do Jesus' words. It's a choice that we make, but it shapes our lives. And we do the things that Jesus says to do because God first loved us. And that gives us the motivation that we need to love others. Hear Jesus' words, do Jesus' words, and build that strong foundation based in God's love that's going to hold you up when the storms come. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.